Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 75, Siberia, from 2018. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski, and with us today to celebrate our first Keanu Club in a year. Very fitting, Mike, because, you know, the third star of this movie, Molly Ringwald, of course, we have the host of the High School Slumber Party podcast in which both the episode that is out this week as we're recording and probably next week which is also maybe this week as you're listening to this it's the breakfast club extravaganza we have brian rodriguez hello brian hey you know i've watched four movies this week and three of them had molly ringwald what Whoa. what was the third one there's this movie on netflix that's getting a lot of buzz that teenagers love but i didn't called the kissing booth okay oh yes so apparently if this has nothing to do with keanu but i saw an article about how the kissing booth is like the most rewatched thing on Netflix this year. Like, people are just, like, rewatching the shit out of that, whatever it is. I've not seen it yet. Is that with Joey King? Yeah, who I like Joey King, but it's a throwback and not in a good way. You would think this movie was made 15, 20 years ago with, like, the point, like, the main lead guy, when Joey King wears a short skirt to school, he's, like, supposed to be the heartthrob, and he gets mad at her because guys are hitting on her and says, she's asking for it. Like, oh, hashtag time's up. Honestly, I am so shocked that this is such a watched film, and it's mind-boggling, but you guys can listen to that on High School Slumber Party. I won't ruin Keanu Club with a recap of The Kissing Booth. Well, check this out. If I may uh, get us back on track with a connection and a little bit of a preview to the end of the episode, I watched SPF 18, which is on Netflix, and guess who shows up in that movie? Molly Ringwald. Oh, look at that. So, it's her week, for sure. (laughs) Good for her. So here's a question for you, Brian. What is better, The Kissing Booth or Siberia? Uh, uh, this is tough, because honestly, I enjoyed watching Siberia a little bit more. Both of them do not use Molly Ringwald enough, which pissed me off. Okay. I gotta see The Kissing Booth again, I think, because everyone, like, really loves it. I mean, it has shitty reviews, so I can't say that. But, um, maybe because I all I've seen is high school movies for the last couple months, mm-hmm. <laughs> Siberia was, like, a nice little grown-up film. Yes, a change of pace, if you will. I hear you, because, like, just not seeing Keanu in a new movie for almost a year, I was just ready to settle in and watch whatever Keanu had to offer. So whatever is going on in this movie, I at least enjoyed Keanu being there talking Russian. We'll get to that in a second. I want to I want to talk to Brian a little bit about Keanu in general first because we have he's not been on Keanu Club yet, right? You were not on Keanu Club. Oh, is that right? Oh, okay. No, this is my maiden voyage. What I do want to say before we get into that is that this movie is a little bit of a cock tease in that he basically looks like John Wick. His house in America looks like John Wick's house. He's like a gun expert of some kind. And I'm like, oh, just give me John Wick. Like, it feels like this is John Wick light, 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 light. And it's frustrating in that regard. But we will talk about that before too long. All John, no Wick. All John, no Wick. <laughs> I don't even know what his name is. Is his name Stuart in this? Lucas Hill. Lucas Hill. <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, Lucas, yeah. How could we forget? But Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history of Keanu Reeves? What is your favorite of his movies? Have you seen a lot of them? What do you think of him? Do you think he's always a good actor? Do you think he's... Because, like, really, our goal with Cage Club and Keanu Club was, like, is this person that people make fun of good or bad? And we came to our conclusions on both. But I want to get your take. Give us, in, like, a minute or two, your run of Keanu Club. Favorite movie? Least favorite movie? How many you've seen? What do you think of him? Go. Well, of all the actors you've done, I mean, I thought I had seen a lot of Keanu movies, but then as Keanu Club went on, I was like, what the hell is that? Yep. Like, a lot, you Mm -hmm. know? So, you literally joined the club on that one. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, can't call myself a Keanu expert. Obviously, you know, John Wick, really cool. To me, that like redeemed Keanu's worth, that if you know what to do with him, it's pretty awesome. But my history with Keanu, first Keanu movie I saw was probably Speed. Good intro. Solid place to begin, yeah. Yeah, Speed. It was one of the only VHS that was at my grandparents' house. Oh, when Jeff Daniels dies. Oh my God. One of the most impactful movie deaths ever, especially as a child. Obviously, Bill and Ted. That was like probably my second. I'm like, oh, that's the same guy. Let's see. So I always thought Keanu Reeves was a good actor. I remember on a whim, my uncle took me to see The Matrix, like the weekend it came out. And it was one of those, you know, when you're younger, sometimes you just like don't really, you know, know about a movie. I didn't really see any commercials for it. He was like, let's just go see this. I'm like, that's cool. It's rated R. And I was like blown away. I'm like, holy shit. You know, on the car ride home, just talking about like, could The Matrix exist? That kind of stuff. But the first time I saw a Keanu Reeves movie where I was like, maybe this guy's not all that was in high school, actually, not to keep plugging my show. <laughs> I believe it was a world history class. We watched... I think I know where this is going. Is the movie like Little Buddha? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we watched that, and it was just... I remember his skin being very, like... They tanned it a lot, and he didn't really feel like a good Siddhartha Gautama, but... I, it was it was in school and I was like this is weird but that's like I don't really have a lot of Keanu experience in like the deep 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 dive movies like I, I don't know off the top of my head replacements my own private Idaho I mean I could list them but like it's not of all the actors you do it's probably like the least I know in terms of deep diving if that makes sense yeah we thought we both knew a lot more than we did and then we wound up having the same opinion like oh no we know like a third of this and I feel like maybe early on Mike knew more than me and by the end I think I knew more about the movie than he did, but like there was a lot in there that we were just like, I don't know what is happening. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, part of it might have been how we front loaded it with all of that like high school stuff. It was like a lot of made for TV stuff that we just insisted on doing too. But even like after The Matrix, he was in movies I'd never heard of and was doing strange little cameo bits and experimenting here and there. And it was strange. It was kind of rough territory for a while, but all roads led to John Wick and things are fine for now. <laughs> yeah. Like John, essentially John Wick, I don't want to say saved him because I mean, he seems like a very happy guy, but John Wick kind of redeems him, at least for me, because it's like, oh, he's not a has-been. He's still doing this thing. Is there another John Wick coming? There's a third one coming. Yeah. Third time to charm. There you go. Yeah. I agree with you because I think his best known role up until John Wick was for Neo. And it's just the impact of action roles and franchises that sort of kept him alive for a while, I think. And he, he had a couple movies in there that didn't get critical acclaim, but he was pretty good in. But uh, yeah, I think when John Wick came out, it was just a reminder to the general public at large, to people who might have just written him off that you said earlier, you know, if you know how to use him, like, he's amazing. But I mean, we're here today to talk about Siberia, which is of special note because I just looked it up. I just did the math. I just crunched the numbers. Since we did the To the Bone episode, which we did to wrap up phase one, which was essentially, I think it came out, like, I want to say it came out at the end of July last year. We covered it on August 11th. So I think, like, we basically did it essentially right after it came out. Like, it was within a month, I think, of it releasing. We've had no Keanu Reeves movies. We've had, since then, five Cage movies, which wow. still feels like a low number. Uh, we've had five Cage <laughs> movies, and we're also on the cusp of having another couple probably this summer in, you know, Teen Titans Go to the Movies is out right about now, and Mandy is probably, hopefully soon, maybe September, and, like, things are close. I mean, we got another couple Keanu on the horizon. We got Destination Wedding, we got Replicas, but 
it feels like it's just been so long. And we've also just, you know, we've done, I've probably recorded like a hundred podcasts in the year that we've, since we've, you know, done this, but it's just been so long since the new Keanu movie that even though this one isn't very good, uh, it's still exciting to see him on screen again, like you were saying, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a long time as far as movie time because, like, I just think because we're so used to Cage being such a workhorse and, like, we didn't even, he's doing two cartoons. He's also doing the Spider-Man voice later this year, too. So, like, he is really going overdrive. But, yeah, I didn't realize really how much I kind of missed his presence. It's kind of strange. Like I had gotten so used to him and having him having watched his movies and stuff that getting, I guess I had Keanu withdrawal and I wasn't, I didn't expect it. So I don't think he's the issue here. I actually like quite a lot of what he does in this movie. We get to see a a whole other side, I feel, of Keanu. I just wasn't really into everything else going on, I guess I'll say up front. It was kind of hard for me to get into this one. So now, Mike, have you seen, or Brian, have you seen the movie Frank and Lola, which is with Michael Shannon and Imogen Poots? No. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. So as is par for the course, I remember very little about it. But it's a movie about like a mismatched duo who sort of like have a weird kind of relationship, I think, in that otherwise they shouldn't. And it was the other feature film that this guy made. So in that way, they're sort of comparable. That movie's also not great. I think that's better than this one. But what I really did genuinely like about this movie is the weird relationship he had with the Katya character. I don't give a shit about the whole diamond story. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I don't care. A minute or two into the movie, I was like, I'm already lost. I rewound it. I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't help me. And I was just like, I don't care. Yeah, me neither. Like, I'm just not going to. So I was into the relationship story between him and this Katya woman, even though he's got Molly Ringwald back home. But I was like, the diamond stuff makes zero sense. And it almost feels like, and I don't think this is the case, it almost feels like the diamond stuff doesn't matter that they're like, hey, you should just focus on the relationship. But it doesn't feel fleshed out enough, and they spend too much time with the diamonds to make it feel like that. You know what I mean? If, if it was like a relationship story within a heist or within a diamond smuggling or like a, a counterfeiting diamond ring or whatever, it should probably be edited a little bit differently. The fact that it is what it is makes me feel like the diamonds should be important. I just can't follow what's going on, and also I don't care. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Like, I just, I stopped caring um, about that diamond angle pretty early on. I was trying to care because it ended up mattering, but, like, it just seemed, like, just forced. And who played Katya? She did a good job, whoever she was. A woman I don't know, yeah. I thought she was really good in this. Yeah, no, I thought so, too. Anna Ularu wrote that down. She's not Russian, FYI. Um, She's Romanian, just for those keeping score at home. Well, also, they filmed this movie in Canada, not in Russia or Eastern Europe, so yeah. Isn't he Canadian? He is Canadian. Yeah. I see the appeal for him then, you know. Have any of you been up to the tundra? Oh, wait, Mike, you're Norwegian, aren't you? Yeah, but actually my family is more, even though it's still cold, it's more like southern Norway. The fjords. No, I've never been to the tundra. I've never been to Siberia. I wouldn't want to go either, to be quite honest with you, if it's anything like this. Well, I have. Oh, you have. But not in Russia, but I was close, because I have been to Norway, and I went to the tundra. We went dog sledding. It was fun. Uh, Tried to see the northern lights. Didn't see too much of them, unfortunately, but still had a great time. But we were very, very, very close to the Russian border. And like you would see the troops 
marching. And yeah, it was really cool. But I mean, I bring it up because I was going to say, like, sometimes this movie is very pretty, but it's also hard not to be very pretty in that, those tundra scenes, you know? Yeah. Like the colors. I think it was The Young Pope. It's like a Jude Law show on HBO. Do not compare this to The Young Pope. <laughs> I'm not comparing this to The Young Pope. There's a line in it. It's something like, beauty at cold temperatures is true beauty. Ooh, okay. You know, there's a sereneness to those kind of landscapes. Not like the whole, like, nickel mine in there, you know? But So I don't know if it's the good shot work or just the landscapes make it good shot work, but there were pretty elements in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna whip out, you know, my old line where I'll say about a movie I don't quite enjoy otherwise that at least it looks nice. It's got nice cinematography, like it's shot well. It feels competent on other levels. It just feels like the script is a mess because I agree with Joey as far as the diamond storyline thread. I have no idea what they're talking about in the opening of this movie. And then, you know, they're trying to play coy with the idea of it being diamonds. It's like, just get that out of the way. <laughs> just state that. And then we'll forget about it while he's having his affair, which I do quite like. I kind of do like that stuff. I think they have nice chemistry there. Ultimately, I think that's the issue here is it's not necessarily the acting or way it looks, but it's down to the fundamental script level. My favorite stuff about this movie, and it's funny that you mentioned it's not even shot in Russia, because I quite liked and felt that it seemed like an authentic Russian film, almost like a foreign language Russian movie that Keanu happened to be in. And like, there's more Russian spoken in this movie than English. And even by Keanu as well as his character, like he's speaking Russian. Part of me loved it, but part of me was like, well, just so connected to John Wick with the Russian mafia and all that kind of thing. I just expected when he starts to fight, I was like, okay, here we go. Oh no, he got his ass kicked, like beaten down and unconscious. Oh yeah, because in in that one scene, he lands a punch and I was like, oh shit, he knows like he, this is John Wick and then like he doesn't land another punch. He lands the first punch and then none others and just gets his ass whipped. How crazy is that? It's so crazy that right to see Keanu Reeves get his ass kicked by like two guys from a bar. I was like, wait, is he faking it? That was one of the sort of other sides of Keanu I was talking about that we haven't quite seen that much of. But I feel like there was a real opportunity here, though, because we've seen movies like this that work. It's kind of had like a Red Rock West sort of vibe at at times for me to it or movies like that, like sort of these sort of neo-noir things. But Again, like, yeah, it did just with the whole diamond story and, and a couple other things going on. Um, ultimately, a scene at the end that just was sort of like terrible that uh, <laughs> took me way out of the movie. <laughs> the double BJ scene, I was just like out of it at that point. I was just like, oh, oh forget we'll this. We'll talk about that. Don't you worry about that. So like <laughs> th- that ultimately just it ends up having more strikes against it than, you know, than, than runs batted in. Oh, like this, this movie is not good. I saw your letterbox rating before I watched the movie and I was like, oh no, because you gave it one star and I was like, oh God. And I don't think it's that bad. I, you know, have my ranking of all the Keanu movies on Letterboxd, which you can go check out. I'm Soul popped on Letterbox. You can go check out that ranking if you want. But it's very near the bottom for me. But still, I still like this more than about ten or twelve movies. Like, there's a lot of what he's done that's been real bad. Like, I think worse than this. And this also, in comparison to like what else we've done since the last Keanu movie, this versus Two Eleven. Like, there's no doubt. Like, I would watch this like ten times before I'd watch Two Eleven again. Two Eleven is atrocious. Like, Brian, I don't know if you listened to that episode of Cage Club, like, the worst Cage movie he's ever made <laughs> was the most recent one. Yeah, this is no 211. And just for the record, like, after sleeping on it, I realized I couldn't give Keanu just, like, a one star, like, on his first movie back after a year. So I did raise it to a star and a half and mentioned this stuff about it being feeling like a Russian foreign language movie. And so I did like aspects of it. But yeah, I, I actually think it's better than I like it, if that makes sense. Like, it's still not a good movie, but I think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't enjoy it as much as other people could 
could. It's just boring. Like, it's, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just boring. And I think that's the problem. Like, it, it's not long. Like, it's an hour 40, but it feels longer. Like, it's just nothing's really happening. And... If you want to do that, that's fine, but I think your movie has to be a lot more visually interesting and your characters have to be a lot more nuanced and rich to make it really feel like that nothing's happening is okay. Yeah, you guys, I definitely agree with that because I just, I'm trying to remember things in this movie that aren't related to Katya and I really can't because there's like that South African mob too, right? Or something. And Yeah, which I also was like, oh, Charlize? Cool. Okay tie in there even the other stuff i enjoyed like with um when he's like bear hunting but that is even connected to katia because those are her brothers and stuff and then that scene even ends terribly because a dog gets shot and it's just like dude it's like it just kept depressing me i was surprised about that too like in true russian fashion i guess it's just ultra depressing nobody said siberia was an uplifting place you know but it could be if you tried Keanu does try. He finds love in a hopeless place. It seems like, weirdly, his life in Siberia is better than his life outside Siberia, if only because of Katya. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking about his the shots of him at home, and that felt more like isolation and being yeah. like living in an iceberg or something than when he gets to Siberia. It's almost like, yeah, this is my comfort zone or something. Because he's in that like very modern, very sparsely decorated, almost John Wickian house, right? Where like the spiral staircase and this very pristine kitchen. And then when he's in Siberia, like I just have it on now while we're recording, and like he's in Katya's kitchen, and like he's in her restaurant, her cafe, and it's very homey. It's very, not necessarily warm, but it's warmer. And there's love and there's care and there's emotion and there's feeling. And even though you are in Russia, it feels better. Like, you're right. And I just wish that they did more with that. Like, we get maybe two shots, and I think it's both of the kitchen. And then we have, like, the one Skype call with Molly Ringwald, where she's, like, in front of just, like, some generic backdrop or whatever. But, like, we don't spend a lot of other time in America. Like, I wish we had, like, a compare-contrast to be like, oh, you think that Siberia is this cold, isolating place, but this is actually where he feels and finds love. Yeah, that would make everything seem a lot better because I guess I just have an attachment to Molly Ringwald. As much as I liked this love story, I'm like, oh man, he's cheating on Molly Ringwald. Like, what the hell? She seems like a nice person, too. Does she? I'm glad you raised that up because she knows what Keanu does for a living, like that he does illegal work, that he's a legal diamond smuggler. And when she cuts him off on his phone call, you know, I thought that was awkward. I almost thought maybe she was the one having an affair back home or something like that. They seem like they're not on the same page necessarily during that Skype call. Well, there's that quote that Keanu says to Katya, where he's like, my wife and I are old friends. Sometimes with old friends, you learn to squint away certain things, things you wouldn't want to see. The thing about squinting, you can never be certain what you might not see. And that, I took that as like, oh, every time I'm around the world, she's having an affair, maybe with the same guy or different guys, and I'm doing the same thing to her. And like, we just have this unwritten understanding that like, yeah, we're friends. Like, he doesn't say like, you know, we're lovers. He's like, we're old friends, which means to me that like, they're together out of obligation or out of like comfort or out of ease. Like, I don't know if he's good at what he does or not, but he's got a very nice house. And I can totally see that like, if she is okay, you know, living in this house by herself for say six months of the year and just is able to sleep around or whatever and like find the life that she wants, there could be like an unwritten rule, like an unwritten understanding that he does his thing and just goes around and like has like these different paramours in different countries or whatever. And she does the same thing at home. Like that's what I get from that, that I don't think that they're in a good marriage at all. I don't think that she's a good person, but I don't think he's a good person either. I think that they just like tolerate each other because their agreement is working for the most part. Bravo. 
you fell for his line. That's just a line that an older married guy gives, like, a, a girl when he wants to have oh. an affair. Oh, no. Brian, how do you know this? <laughs> I watch movies. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a good take. I mean, if that's the case, maybe. I kind of just thought, yeah, they've been married a while. That's how older married couples are. It just, it's just, everything escalated so quickly with Katya. That was, like, a little jarring to me. I mean, I, I guess you have to. He's not there long. But, like, suddenly they're in love, and she's saying things like, fuck me like you fuck your wife. Also weird, yes. You know, like, that That was, like, okay, then, you know, this isn't, like, a little innocent tryst here. It's, like, kind of, ugh, I don't know. I almost felt like she fell for him a little harder, and he was sort of not not like he got trapped because i also felt like he was very much enjoying her company like it wasn't there's that moment where he calls her because he forgot the candle at her house and he's like i want you to come and she's all excited and then he's like i want you to bring a candle and she's like oh well do you want me to come or do you want the candle and he's like the candle like almost as if he doesn't quite get the depth that he's in yet um and i really don't think it's until she shows up at that deal that he realizes like her true emotional connection and like i think he actually realizes at that point where he risks his life at the end like instead of getting on the plane he's like no i do love her and i do want to try and save her and like i can finally do something with my life worthwhile before i die i do also wish that you know the movie just cut back to molly ringwald even if she was like by herself at the house and like you said like you know hinted at her having an affairs or if we got a couple more flashbacks to the two of them, maybe in bed or driving or just something like you were saying, because it is a nice parallel between his marriage and his affair. They're both redheads that, you know, they're both very attractive, but they're both extremely sort of like different. They seem like different types of people. Katia seems a little more guarded and reserved, whereas the little bit we get from Molly Ringwald, she just seems like completely just whatever, confident and open and, and out there and stuff. So I do like the dynamic they were going for, but I just don't think they reached the level they could have at all with, with what they're trying to say. We're having to fill in a lot of gaps to make a better story and a more interesting story than was presented to us. What I want to talk about, and I think something that Mike just brought up or Brian brought up, something one of you brought up just a little bit ago was... Well, actually, we, we brought it up a couple times. The double BJ scene, the fuck me like you fuck your wife. Like, this is probably, and not even close, the raunchiest Keanu movie have ever seen. <laughs> like, yeah. there is a lot of sex in this. They sip tea four times. Four times. They sip tea with Miss McGill four times. Uh, he goes down on her. They do that weird, like, swap partners double BJ at the, with, like, the diamond guy, which is uncomfortable. But, like, there's just so much Keanu sex, and, like, it feels more real. Like, it feels like that's, like, what they wanted to shoot. Like, those scenes feel like there's an energy and a passion there that's not in the rest of this movie. And it's like, did you just want to make, like, a movie where Keanu just has sex on screen a whole bunch? Like, is that is that the goal here? Just, like, nine and a half weeks remake with yeah. Keanu and Russia. Yeah, because I quite like their chemistry. I thought the bathtub scene was really nice. Oh, quickly, has Keanu been in a bathtub before? Because I know we've had Charlize in a bathtub a bunch, and we had Meg Ryan. With Charlize, right? He was in the bathtub with Charlize, wasn't he? In um, Sweet November? Oh, in Sweet November? Sweet November, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because I think that's that the bathtub's in the trailer. That's why I remember. But one thing I don't think we've ever had before was, was Keanu doing coke. Like, that took me a yeah. I was like, whoa, uh, he's really <laughs> doing a lot of stuff for this movie I've never seen him do before. He's getting his ass kicked. He's, like, sipping tea five and six times. Like, he's doing cocaine. That was crazy. 
It's strange. Like it's it sort of feels like a de- like I don't know if it's like a departure for him. I don't know if this is something that he's like I want to break free of my image. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. Well, I mean, his image now is a guy who shoots people in the head. Yeah, like which he does in this too. Which he does do in this, right? I don't know. I think it's just one of these sort of like in between movies where it seems like he's just like <laughs> wasting time to grow his hair out to play John Wick, and it's. It, Filming in Canada, I don't know what the factors are involved, but I understand, I feel like I understand why he ended up going along and making this movie. He gets to flex a couple different muscles that, or at least try to do some stuff that he hasn't been given to do before you know like you said it's especially about how sexually charged and raunchy this movie is like maybe that drew him to it like yeah i haven't really done something like that before that could be something to try and yeah speaking of growing his hair out brian just put in a picture of keanu and charlie's in the bathtub in sweet november and i forgot that she's like shampooing his hair and like rubbing it like you know like extending it all the way up so <laughs> definitely has been in a bathtub before definitely has had long hair before but yeah again it's not enough this film where he's like trying to make a departure for what he's doing he's just different character traits than you would expect from keanu especially in something that somewhat resembles an action film but does it is it i mean i can understand it trying to sell itself as an action film but there's two action scenes and one's barely an action scene and really it's when he gets his ass kicked outside the bar and then at the very end with that like minor little shootout thing i just felt this was more of sort of trying to be a dramatic thriller yeah, that's a better word for it. Sorry. It, it's actually, Wikipedia calls it a romantic crime thriller. Mm, okay. But they happen from time to time. So, this actually transitions a little bit into something else that I, I found out while we were recording. I looked up who wrote this. The screenplay was written by a guy that I don't know who's only written a few different things, including a TV movie. Oh, he wrote The Ruins, which I think was a bigger, as a horror movie? Yeah, with Jenna Malone. Okay. But the guy who did the story for this is of particular note the Keanu Club, because so far, he did the story for Henry's crime, which I could also kind of equate as a romantic crime thriller in sorts. You remember Henry's crime with Vera Farmiga, where they, like, robbed that bank and the, yeah, uh, yeah. With, the theater um, company? James Caan, and it, yeah, yeah. it turned out to be, like, sort of a comical movie. And that's kind of, like, in a way, like a romantic crime thriller, sort yeah. of, right? Yeah, yeah, certainly. But also... What's strange? He did the story for that. He did the story for this. But he also is doing the stories, which which worries me a little bit. He has a story credit on Replicas, and he has a story credit on Rally Car, which is a Keanu Reeves movie that's been floating around IMDb for years that I don't know if it's ever going to happen or not. But it's just a rally car race in China. So this guy has done the story for four Keanu movies right now, one that was okay in Henry's Crime, this one, which isn't very good, one we're really looking forward to, and one that we might never see. So it's a real grab bag with this guy. So he's a Keanu guy, then. He did two short films, and he's written stories for four Keanu movies, and that's it. Yeah, so yeah. So he's in he's in the Keanu. Well, he, I was gonna say the Keanu Club, but that's this. He could be. <laughs> when you get this established, like as Keanu, you start to have like your guys. Like well, you know, we know Tom Cruise's guy who like does the Mission Impossible films and stuff. Like I guess this is just his like writing guy now. Yeah, and I think it could also just be sort of like contractual at some point too, where it's like, oh, Henry's crime got him a deal for like three other movies, you know, something like that. Like with Keanu, could have been in the deal too because they struck up like a 
relationship or something like that. And and like you said, like Henry's Crime like has its moments too. It's not it's not a bad movie. I mean, I might not have loved it, but I'd totally watch it again someday. It's an above average Keanu movie, yeah. if only because the below average is real bad. <laughs> okay, yes, it beats the average certainly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah, I, I think this just might be some kind of deal that he's got got like a great deal too. You know, that's awesome because I mean we kind of see like Cage the same thing with Cage from time to time like he'll five of his movies will be released by the same production company in a row and it's like oh he's he's like locked in some deal where like he's got these same writers and like the same producers and they're putting out you know the same sort of level of entertainment and you just got to sort of ride that out I guess at some point this film never got a theater release it's just straight to correct Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Are these other ones planning for theater releases by, that are written by this guy? As far as we know, I think how many have how many actual VOD releases has Keanu have at, at this point? I think this is only like his second or something. Let's see here. So, To the Bone was a straight to Netflix, so that's two, including this one. The Whole Truth was a straight to VOD, I think. Exposed. That was with the Renee Zellweger? Yeah, Exposed, I think, was maybe. Or, like, and this is also Brian, like, saying, like, if it's not via straight to VOD, it's, like, in maybe theaters in New York and L.A. for, like, a couple weeks, and that's it. Like, they're just not wide release. Um, Knock Knock, I think, might have been in theaters. I'm unsure about that. And then The Bad Batch, was that in theaters? Was that, because I think that went to VOD. Oh, good call. Yeah, that initial release was VOD. Yeah, okay. So it's been a few, but they haven't been that bad. Like, most of them could have gone to theaters like deserved at least like a, a week or two. This is a new era, you know, like they, they probably make a lot more money doing this for a film like this than yeah. in the theater. So, I mean, I get it. I was just curious. Or if, 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 even if they don't make more money, it costs way less money to just like dump this on Amazon. Plus, I don't know if you noticed, this has about 10 production logos ahead of it when it started. It just kept going and going. Yeah, that was my first going. note. I, th- I thought there was like a glitch in the Amazon. I thought I like had was clicking something else as well because there was like what like 10 of them it yeah. felt like it yeah. including saban right yeah which was odd because they're mostly known for power rangers <laughs> that's what i was gonna say yeah like isn't that the company that makes power rangers but i guess diversifying with, yeah. yeah diversifying <laughs> with this movie like this and power rangers ladies and gentlemen yeah, so they're the distributor, and it was production companies, Buffalo Gale Pictures, Company Films, Summerstorm Entertainment, and Endeavor Content all got together to make this glorious, glorious piece. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Did Keanu have a brother in this movie, or did I mishear a line? Wait, no, because at the end, he becomes brothers. They become... Blowjob sort of, brothers. Well, they become Vinegar Stroke brothers, because he's like, <laughs> look into my eyes. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh my god, just shoot this guy. <laughs> oh, boy. You said we were going to get into that scene. Are we going to get into the scene? Well, no, I don't really, I don't really want to talk I about it. I think it just meant we're going to reference it again yeah. once or twice. We're not going analyze it deep or anything. Shot by shot breakdown. Yeah, where Keanu gets the most awkward blowjob in movie history. No, that's probably not true. It's very boring plain. I feel like he just is, because it cut away kind of quickly. It's just all about the build up to that, about how he's supposed to want this Russian guy's attractive girlfriend because the Russian guy wants Katya and that's it. That's the whole thing. And the Russian guy like forces their hands. 
he goes on this whole thing where he's like, oh, and this this kind of bothered me, but I understand what they're going for. Like, like a lot of times the character's like, in America, they do this. In America, this means that. And how do you say in America? And so, like, this guy, the diamond guy, was like, in America, you are blood brothers, right? And he's like, well, in Russia, we don't, like, cut ourselves and shake hands. What we do is we, you know, we swing our girlfriends and have them blow us, and then we'll look at each other. And then that's the same thing. I'm like, dude. And Keanu has the same thing. He's like, uh, that's kind of different than like blood brother i was like how does that equate to being blood brothers i was so confused and disgusted i didn't understand what was happening i mean not to get anatomical but i don't know how in the mood i would be for that i would probably be really scared for one and a little bit disgusted so like it's kind of a weird thing because he had to be like a little turned on right well it's like definitely that guy's thing and it's i think it's stated to show like just i mean if you haven't gotten it before like this is how dangerous he is and if you don't do this he's gonna kill us but i mean not to get personal mike but does that turn you on what what Wait, I am not turned on in the least by anything happening. Well, well, no, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, Keanu has to be turned on, right, to accomplish this. I don't know. Well, I guess not. I guess we didn't see, so we don't know. I sort of drifted away from the conversation and just got back, and I was like, oh, I know what you guys are talking about. This is a real weird conversation. It got weird because it's a weird scene, all right? It made me feel weird about things. I'm sorry. I get it. And then the movie just cuts away. You know, it's left to the imagination. I mean, she doesn't look happy when they leave the place. No, they look destroyed, rightfully. (laughs) Good direction there. But, like, again, that's what you said, like, the acting is not bad in this because that was very much conveyed. No, I think the issue is having written, like, a scene like that in your movie, for starters. Like, that's part of the problem. Like, maybe, you know, I could understand if the scene was in there if it built to it. There was just no, there's just no other impact except for shock, I felt. I didn't feel like the moment was earned whatsoever no but it is what it is i had a question about this scene didn't he tell her to wait back at the hotel yes and then did they bring her there or did she just like follow him and show up she showed up on her own because i think she again thought that they were going to spend time together and he's like stay home for a couple hours i'll be back i gotta go see the diamond guy and then she showed up on her own yeah in like that fur coat or whatever yes dressed for saint petersburg not siberia if you notice, when she goes back to Siberia, she goes from the little fur coat to the big fur coat. Yes. Just so they could let you know that it's Siberia. So let's talk about uh, Keanu as a gun expert, because I think that's the only thing about this movie that we haven't talked about that I actually want to talk about, where he goes bear hunting in the woods, and they give him what they call a girl's gun that Katya learned how to shoot when she was little, and don't give him any bullets. Somehow he finds bullets and then puts the dog out of its misery after the dog is accidentally shot. They gave him one bullet. That was because okay. I thought he shot the dog by accident, and then he ends up killing the dog out of mercy. Yeah, and they give him like a look, like yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know if they might have thought he shot the dog too, but then he he puts it out of its misery. Why'd the dog have to die? John Wick. That's how it felt to me. It was just like, why not just keep referencing it? It's the only thing like they've got going. <laughs> So then to double down on the John Wick, at the end of this movie, he apparently, you know, a bear needs his claws. So the guy gives him a gun and is like, good luck. And he kills like six guys, but then gets killed by the seventh guy. And this movie just ends with a close-up of him on the ground dead. Cut the credits. (laughs) 
what? It's so weird because it's like an old 70s grindhouse movie ending where it's like this shootout and then some guy just blows him away from the back and then it's just like a shot of his face close up and then credits. It's just like not even, there's no resolution, there's nothing, there's no wrap up, anything. It's just we're out. We, we just, we got to go. He gets neither of the girls and it is potentially likely that Katya might be shot too for being someone involved in this. Yeah, and it is likely they might even hunt down Molly Ringwald because the guy was like, you might last a day in Russia, but you'll only last like a week back in America. It's not like they're not going to come for you there either. And this is all like precipitated by, what is it, like Russian Secret Service or something? That they're like, oh, you need to do this? They're after the diamond smuggling people. So it's some special branch, yeah, of the Russian government. And they basically tell Keanu, they're like, you're going to do this for us because you've got no choice, but we will put you on a plane after. So he sets up, yeah, that whole meeting, I guess, was a setup for the dude who bought the uh, the diamonds. Because they ended up being counterfeit, too. Like, there's so much going on with that diamonds that just was so unnecessary. So in this big shootout scene, though, that guy was, like, the main bad guy's assistant, right? Like, he seemed like he never liked him. That's the same guy, right? Yeah. The one who kills him, yeah. It's funny because, like, all his friends are dead. And he's just, like, he's not, like, shocked when he shoots him. He's not, like, oh, my God, what the hell happened here? This is a huge botch. He just, like, smiles and he's happy. The carnage they're going to leave there in the woods of Siberia, like, I mean, I mean, maybe he didn't know those other guys he was with, but he seemed like he had. I don't know. I was bothered. I would bother by that. They're just a bunch of hired guns, Brian. It's not like they were, <laughs> this was, like, their ninth mission together and they had bonded. And <laughs> Although that's kind of funny. I, I did appreciate that one dude, though, that he was just sort of the right-hand man. Yeah, he was, at least he was consistent right because like from the jump he didn't he never trusted Keanu and he was like he just wanted to kill him he says like in front of him too we're gonna kill him when we're done right and the guy's like hey we're brothers now you don't talk like that in front of my friend I love how many times people don't know Keanu knows how to understand and speak Russian in this movie even to characters that it's been established that he speaks Russian they still try to talk Russian behind his back it's insane it's Siberia baby (laughs) oh speaking of Siberia this is something that I've brought up on at least one podcast with Joe 2 if not podcast with you if not multiple into Joe 2 there was five or six years ago a show on NBC called Siberia it was incredible it lasted one season and got cancelled it was ostensibly a reality show but it was actually scripted do either of you know about this or no 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 idea it was about a group of like 20 people the way that nbc marketed it made it seem like it was an actual reality show like we're gonna send 20 people to siberia whoever makes it through the winter with like very minimal supplies is gonna split the grand prize money and so it's really like they marketed it as a reality show and then in the first episode someone dies and it's like holy shit what is happening and then it you know quickly became apparent that it was scripted but there was like more than meets the eye it was a little bit lost it was a little bit reality show it was super cool only lasted one year because nobody knew what it was nobody knew what to make of it nobody knew like how to watch it but it was super cool it was called siberia so that was great this movie not great and joey i just looked this up do you know where siberia was filmed canada winnipeg manitoba canada just like this like that happens to be the stand-in for siberia there we go yeah i was just talking to people last night about how like toronto is a stand-in for new york and like vancouver is a stand-in for la canada's just cheap to shoot in well it's funny that they're usually so in game of thrones they obviously film everything in like europe but they film the animal stuff like in manitoba as well okay so maybe that's like another reason because they have a bear scene here you know it could be yeah true 
they just do a lot of bear shots up there. I don't know. They do a lot of bear shots, B-E-A-R and B-A-R-E, <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, in this film. Well, honestly, there's, is there any, like, nudity in this film? We see Katya's, she gets topless. We also see her butt in another sex scene. There's a lot of, like, graphic sex that we only sort of, it's 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 kind of tastefully done. But we, we definitely do see boobs and butt. For the amount of sex scenes that are in this film, yeah. you don't really see much. There's a lot of those, like, clothed sex scenes, too. There's, like, two or three of them. Yeah, it's not extremely graphic sex, but it's, like, a lot of implied intensity. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, Siberia. That's all I got. I think that's all. I think that's everything that I have to say about this movie, because I have been, you know, running on fumes for a while now, because there is just, whew, there's there's not a lot here. Same. No. But again, for, I'm happy for you guys because you got to see Keanu in something. Well, thank you. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, even if it's this, I'm, I'm glad we're back. So That's really all that matters. Just, you know, just something to, to tide you over till the next yep. Keanu film. Yeah. So w- since we also last recorded, there have been a couple things that came out that we've seen. Mike watched this movie SPF 18, which I think might have been a Netflix original or maybe just a straight to VOD movie. And I watched part of Swedish Dicks. Keanu's in both of these, not very much in either. But Mike, why don't you talk about uh, SPF 18? All I know about it is that you are way too old to be watching it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So SPF 18 is a 75-minute quote-unquote movie. Like, I've never really watched, like, Laguna Beach or anything, but I have a feeling it might be kind of like this or like the OC. It's just, like, kids living at the beach for the summer, getting into relationships and hanging out. But basically, the main plot is that this boy Johnny's father has just died in, like, a surfing accident. Okay. And one of his best friends was Keanu. Okay. And so Johnny is house-sitting for Keanu for the summer. The real Keanu Reeves? The real Keanu. I don't know if it's Keanu's actual house. If it is, it's amazing. But he plays himself. He plays himself. Oh. So let me explain. So in the beginning of the movie, Johnny goes to Keanu's, and there's a note on the door, and he reads it, and Keanu does the, uh, like the voiceover. Johnny, Mikaze Sukasa. Make this the best summer of your life, Keanu. Sort of like halfway through, he shows his girlfriend's friend a picture of him and Keanu sort of like doing like Bill and Ted to the camera. They're sort of like with their tongues out and their hands in like rocker, like devil horn positions. So there's like a photo of Keanu. And then (laughs) this is insane because like I'm watching the movie going like, that's it. That's that's all there's going to be. Like, I should just turn (laughs) this off. But the very last shot of the movie, Keanu comes back home, opens the door to his house and steps into his living room. And he looks up at the ceiling and he goes, what happened to my disco ball? Because the, the kids have had a party and they accidentally broke his disco ball. Oh, boy. It was hilarious. And then there's like a mid credit scene where he's talking to Pam Anderson. Because Pamela Anderson's in this movie about the same length that she's in Baywatch. Okay. Patricia Arquette is in this movie. And Molly Ringwald, as I aforementioned, is in this movie. Crazy. Keanu is on his balcony with Pam Anderson having like a glass of champagne. <laughs> He goes, oh, like, I haven't seen you around in a while. Like, what have you been up to? And she goes, oh, I'm just doing, like, a little independent film for a friend of mine. So I haven't seen you in a while. What's been going on? I came back to do a little art film with a friend. Cheers to that. Ugh. 
they cheers and the movie ends. So that's it. There's only one other noticeable moment in this movie that made me sort of like react at all. And that's when one of the kids plays a show at the Viper Room. And I was just like, oh, RIP River Phoenix. Brought up a whole bunch of those kinds of emotions. Uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, River and Keanu, where there's a connection there. But yeah, so SPF 18, I think unless you're between the ages of 11 and 18, I don't know if it's, you know, necessarily worth your time. Well, it sounds a lot like a Zack Attack episode because we did the whole episode on Summerland, which is just a bunch of people hanging, like a bunch of beautiful people hanging out at the beach, getting into relationships. And then we also did Baywatch, obviously, where Pamela Anderson's in. So it just feels like that feels like more in the Zack Attack universe than our universe. Yeah, I thought one of the girls looked like Vanessa Hudgens, and I only know her from your podcast, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't her, but it had... She had, like, definitely was going for that sort of vibe that she was acting in that manner. So even if Zeph was in that movie, I would not recommend it. But I was definitely, this is more up your alley, I think, than Keanu Club. Oh, did you know, Mike, that the lead girl, the girl who plays Penny in SPF 18, played bartender at Mexican restaurant in The Nice Guys? No. Okay. Maybe at the very, very end of the movie, when they like they actually you know start their agency. Maybe oh, that's funny. A little, little goss connection <laughs> there. I'm just looking to see if I recognize any of the other people from anything else. I don't think that I do. It's this whole new generation, man. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. The Bianca A. Santos looks sort of like Vanessa Hudgens. She played Camilla. Yeah. I will say Molly Ringwald was great in it. She's in it way more than she was in Siberia. She actually okay. does a Dolly Parton impression at one point. I won't, you know, get into why she has to impersonate <laughs> Dolly Parton or anything, but, but she's definitely cool. And she's like kind of playing herself. Like she's not playing Molly Ringwald, but she plays an actress in the movie with like a daughter and stuff. And the daughter's like, oh, my mom's an actress. Like she's so like annoying all the time. And I'm like, dude, she's Molly Ringwald. She seems great. I learned a lot recently about Molly Ringwald's late career, and I'm very happy about that, because I didn't realize she was still doing stuff, and now I'm very aware of a lot of her films, so... Thank you for bringing this to my attention. There we go. So I watched three or four episodes of Swedish Dicks, which I think has been two seasons. <laughs> There's a key action that stars Peter Stormare from John Wick 2 and from Constantine and from at least one other movie, I think, that I can't... Maybe Henry's Crime? Maybe? He's in a lot of Cage, too. We gave him his yeah. own award during... We sure did. The Lifetime Achievement Award. It's about these two Swedish guys who now live in L.A., and they are ex-Swedes. They call themselves ex-Swedes, and they sort of run a detective agency. And Keanu... So this is what's super cool. And from what I gathered from, I think, one tweet from a fan, I think, if I remember right, he might be in it more in the episodes I didn't watch, but... The reason I stopped watching is because while the Keanu part, which I'm going to describe in a second, is cool, there's just so much of it that isn't Keanu, and I just wasn't enjoying it on a whole, and I was like, it's just it's sort of like goofy and slapsticky in a way that I wasn't really into, and the fact that Keanu wasn't in it enough sort of was like, I'm good. But I think he shows up maybe more, but anyway, what he plays, and Mike, this is something I think is going to be right up your alley, he plays an assassin that's like also like maybe like a Texan, I think he's called The Texan maybe, he's got like a cowboy hat on I think and like it's super cool but you find out like the second or third episode that he's dead and so so wait he's he dies or his character had always been dead and it was like an like an imaginary character no, he was alive. I think he also might have been a stuntman. I also watched this like a year ago, so I don't remember a lot of it. Or I watched it like six months ago. Like whenever it was first available in English or, or you know, English subtitles online or whatever I watched this. It was a while ago. But 
plays, I think, a stuntman, maybe, who died on set, maybe, and used to be partners or work with Peter Stormare. It was all sort of vague, but like at the, at the end of the first episode, he shows up in this like all leather black bodysuit, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then like he's just not in the second episode or something. I was like, oh, like that's lame. So I think he just sort of comes and goes as he pleases, but it's not great. I think his character has a potential to be really cool. He just wasn't in it enough for me to stick with it and sort of be engaged in it. But if you like sort of goofier slapstick, weird fish out of water comedy, give it a shot. I think he's he's in a handful of episodes. He's by no means a star. I was thrown because in the first episode, in the opening credits, it says, and Keanu Reeves. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But he's only in, like, he's in literally, like, the last shot of the episode as, like, a teaser of, like, oh, this is coming, but then it doesn't quite get there. So, not terrible, just not my speed, and not enough Keanu to dedicate an entire episode to. So, if you want to, check it out. I think it's available relatively easily-ish. I'm sure you could rent it maybe on iTunes or something. It airs, I think, in Sweden first, maybe? On, like, Pop TV or something? I don't know. Or maybe it's here, Pop? I don't know. But it's out there if you want to see it. Pop is here. Okay, then maybe it airs on Pop here and it airs somewhere in, in Sweden. I can't say. All right. I think I'm going to try and watch at least one or two episodes of that and see if it if it's my thing at all, uh, if I could catch that groove or not. And then um, maybe I just, by now, maybe there's a Wikipedia that tells you what episodes Keanu's in. Could just well, he was on IMDb. You can, like, it's, he's credited. He's not credited in every episode. He's like credited in like five of the first eight or five of the, for eight of the first season. Like, I don't know that you're going to like it. I think you'll like it more than I do. I just don't know how much you'll actually like it if it's going to be worth, you know, three or four hours of your life. Because they're only, they're half an hour episodes, like, like 20 minutes without, without commercials. You know what I mean? So like, it's not like a huge time investment. It's just not something that I was, you know, into. I hear you. And especially if Keanu might just show up for like a shot or a scene per episode like that, it might, you know, that's kind of hard to invest in. Exactly. But yeah, if you give it a shot and if he's in it more, you can maybe you can recap, recap that when we do Replicants or when we do whatever's coming next, Destination Wedding, who knows. Apparently he's a ghost in one of the episodes, so he does indeed die. Yeah. Ghost Keanu. Yeah. Yes, so... Well, so the last, since the last time we recorded, since we did the Golden Hot Dog Awards, there have been so many changes to the network. We have added a few new podcasts. We have Brian's High School Slumber Party. We've got the upcoming foodie films from Kyle Reinfried. We've got Winona Forever. We've got The Contenders. We've got a lot of things going on. So since we last recorded, if you haven't gone to cageclub.me to check out all of our new things, we have a new newsletter, cageclub.me slash newsletter. We're on Instagram now, at cageclubpod. I feel like people who really care about Keanu follow us somewhere on social media, but if you are subscribe to this feed and have never checked the things out. We've got a lot going on that is brand new to the network since we recorded last in, I think, November, December-ish. So just go to cageclub.me, check that out. Facebook.com slash cageclub still up at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. You can always email us mailbag at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think of this movie, if you saw it, what, if you're looking forward to Replicants, if you're looking forward to Destination Wedding, whatever's coming. You know, John Wick 3 is next year, I think. Right, Mike? Like early, maybe, next year so that'll be good that'll be worth it but yeah just you know say hi let us know the Keanu movies apparently are going to be few and far between and hopefully they'll be better than this one <laughs> here here but yeah anyway uh, case club I mean go check out Brian's new podcast if this is up if if this comes up so- shortly after we recorded this the breakfast club episodes featuring wistful thinking's Cara Gale O'Regan which was Cara on Keanu club was she on Keanu club yeah she was on the Bill and Ted episodes including the cartoon yeah Oh, duh. Yeah, the Bill and Ted experts. Absolutely. So you know Kara from those. She has her own podcast, Wistful Thinking, which I think we discussed when she was on. She's on the Breakfast Club episodes with Brian on High School Summer Party. So go check those out. Go check out Wistful Thinking. Basically, what I'm saying is there's not too many Keanu episodes per year, but we put out basically an episode per day. You know, we've got 
close to 600 episodes right now across all shows, so just go find things that you want to listen to. Well, if you tell me that there's Keanu Reeves high school movies that I've never heard of, maybe I'll do one to just uh, give the Keanu fans what they want. Is Flying a high school movie? Oh, you better believe it's a high school movie. Okay. Brian, what we might need to do is we might need to have an episode with you, me, Mike, and Jordan. Just get the Flying Gang back together, bring it to your podcast, and just talk about the most magical Keanu Reeves movie you've never heard of. Awesome. Flying, a.k.a. American Dream, a.k.a. I Dream of Flying, a.k.a. Dream to Believe. (laughs) Yep, yep. I have to admit, guys, I did not listen to that episode of Keanu Club, so... I think the episode is good because Jordan's a delight and Jordan's on that episode. It is, we said this a bunch, along with Man of Tai Chi, worth the entire slog that was at times Keanu Club because it is so goddamn good. And also, our one of our really big Keanu fans over in France, who now started Keanu Time on Twitter, at Keanu Time, go check out her Twitter, she loves, loves loves flying and talks about how much she loves flying and tries to tell everybody to go watch that movie. So check it out. We turned her onto it and she's turning the world onto it. Great. So then it's, we'll, we'll set that up and we'll definitely have a flying episode on high school slumber party because that sounds pretty awesome. So for all things, everything I said, just go to caseclub.me, just poke around, you know, see what's going on. Check out all of our shows. You go to caseclub.me slash shows. You can see the 19 podcasts that we have on right now. You know, there's a couple more always potentially around the corner. Who knows? But just go do those things and just say hi, mailbag at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party Podcast. And we'll see you next time, whenever it is, for whatever it is, on Keanu Club. Cheers to that. 